You are now listening to the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. Somebody say oh my and give them dog six. Welcome in to another episode of the Sons of Swanee. We're starting to do this thing where we just take off every other week, apparently. But hey, tag team back again. What up, Vic? Did you miss us? Oh my gosh! So we got to like work this out. I mean, you know, I, and I, I mean, I know what it is. Let's be honest. We can we can call a spade a spade, and we'll get into it more. But like, I feel like you know we would have never missed a week last year, and we would have never missed a week because you know we're rolling. Playoffs are coming up. It's playoffs. We don't have it this year, and yeah. so I think we've just kind of been like, you know, life has happened. You were at State Swim last yep. week. You know, we all had stuff going on, and so it's like if something comes up at work or at the school, it's like, ah, man, we'll just try it tomorrow, and we didn't get to it. So we promise from now on, the schedules have opened up, the Red Sea has parted, yes. and we are going to be here weekly. So welcome in to another episode, baby. Yes, unlike my below 500 Florida Gators, we have not mailed it in. That's exactly. <laughs> We're still here for you. We just had life situations happen. Yes. A little bit more on the plate this year than we had last year. But we're back, baby. <laughs> That's number right. one podcast in Swanee County. That's right. The number one podcast covering Swanee Sports is back with you again today. Hey, this week's episode of the Sons of Swanee Sportscast is brought to you by our friends at Cannon Turf Solutions. Give our man Jay Cannon a call for all your turf needs. He hooked me up with some St. Augustine grass. Had a couple trees cut down, had to grind the stumps you know and that leaves some barren wasteland in your yard don't PJ. want that yeah so i got with my boy and we got some saint augie on the ground well i feel like my near future will involve a couple phone calls over to mr cannon once my house is done being built and it, instead of just being dirt everywhere i yeah. would like to have something to continue to use my zero turn mower on yeah you're so gonna wait my for near, the spring my, time you're my, gonna have to my, wait yeah but that'll give me a time to save up and make make sure you know we're good to go. Absolutely, absolutely. So just to jump right in, there's several things I want to cover off the jump, but I just pulled this up, and so I'm going to go ahead and uh, don't be this guy as like first thing today because oh, you know man. again I didn't know, and it just the Lord just kind of sometimes like I said just opens it up to you, and here it is. And so I, I log on to ESPN.com as I do at the beginning of every show just to kind of see, hey, is there anything I missed? And so when I pull up. ESPN.com, and the first thing I see is Gator coach Dan Mullen says QB Anthony Richardson injured oh, yeah. his knee while dancing at the team hotel. I get all the warm fuzzies from that. Yeah, you can't trust Dan Mullen on anything injury-related because he never tells you anything, and the first time he ever might honestly have told you the truth on anything is he sells his freshman quarterback up, you know, up the river, and you know, not like he maybe was looking at the portal anyways, but... Your coach sells you out like that. Mercy. That, that's not a good luck. So, what, and what you don't are you dancing be, for? The guy what, what are you, you happy about? The guy you don't want to be is the guy that injures himself dancing. And I, if you're going to do that, you make up a lie. 
you just say, Coach, I must have done it at practice and I didn't realize it. And now it's kind of hurting worse. But I mean, Or you don't have your head coach put it out there. Well, who goes and tells the coach that I injured it dancing? I mean, this is – listen. It's bad is, on everybody. No, this is like 101. So at Mercer, we our coach had a rule that if you injured yourself, because this obviously happened before I arrived, if you injured yourself like playing basketball – then they were going to take money off your scholarship. Right. So when I injured myself playing basketball, did I go tell them that? No. I twisted my ankle walking up the stairs to my apartment. Obviously. Obviously. There's no other reason. It's up to you to prove otherwise. Now, I will say this. We've seen Richardson do backflips off of, uh, you know, somewhat injured hamstrings, which Mm -hmm. is why he didn't play in a couple games earlier this year. That's got to be one heck of a dance move if he hurt himself, right? I mean, we've seen what this kid can do I would athletically. Guess, I would, gotta, he, he must yeah. have been you know, pretty ambitious in his attempt of dancing. I would guess Anthony Richardson's a pretty good dancer. Yeah. You know, just from the outside looking in. Yeah. I'm not. I couldn't do that. I don't think I have the uh, physical, the, the outputs athletically to injure myself whilst dancing. Well, he has made a pretty good... Uh, couple nil deals here recently with a with a car company and a six-figure deal with mm-hmm. i can't remember what the other company is but maybe he can get with a, a rehabilitation center yeah. or a you know north florida uf shans therapy group i don't know what this he's clearly hurt i don't know what the uf version of uh stetson's on the moon is like the club you know the friday night uh-huh. dance club but uh-huh. yeah he could do that yeah it used to be I, eight I seconds is that I, still a thing it's called something else now yeah of course it same is. same same uh <laughs> those were the days same crappy dance floor i'm sure anyway moving on don't be that guy don't be the guy that injures yourself while dancing at the team hotel and then tells the coach exactly what you did that too, is too bad. honest too honest too honest his bad so tj we haven't met since last week man so i gotta start with this and then i know people come here for the swanee stuff but again just fast forward for the first 10 minutes and you don't have to hear any of we've this stuff. warned you enough but this is really the most fun stuff so man you know we've talked about it to tim riley's dismay we're going to talk about it more but last tuesday night the Atlanta Braves, who I all year championed as having potential and in no way should be sellers at the trade deadline and in no way we're not going to make it to the playoffs and in no way we're going to lose to the Brewers or the Dodgers. They, TJ, did it. We are the World Series champions. World Series champions, no drama at all. Freddie Freeman I mean, hitting just, a home run. Just crushing what souls. potentially could be his last at bat for the Atlanta Braves which Absolutely. were you upset with Joe Buck whenever he said that well that's a lot a lot a lot of, a lot of Twitter fingers that got would be upset a, about uh, that. that would be just from a PR and a personnel perspective just awful I don't care what you got to pay Freddie because Freddie is going to be a fair guy it's not like Freddie's going to try to a-rod you and ask for something that just blows no, up the entire team exactly he's gonna he wants to be a brave and, I, mean, and is, I know the funds are somewhat limited they, mm-hmm. they've kind of detailed that you have to re-sign the entire outfield basically i mean yeah. unless you want to find no, a whole other no, outfield no, again you don't, i think you pick but, one of those guys i, I mean, mean jock peterson declined his option so he's yeah gonna, you let's let test the market i think he's gone for he's sure gone. You gotta kind of figure a couple other issues out, but Freddie Freeman first and foremost is the guy that you gotta resign, and whatever that cost may be, that's, yeah, that, it's, it's almost like a legacy price. Well, at this Freddie's time. Freddie's um, thirty two, but I mean the production is only increasing. So I mean I think Freddie six or seven year, years at one fifty, one hundred fifty million. I think that is more than fair to me. I mean, if if I'm Freddie, I think yeah. you're. I think that's more than fair for him for what he's meant to your franchise for what he's done, and so absolutely, I think you pick one of the outfielders out of Rosario, Soler, and Peterson. 
you know, Acuna's coming back. That's what people forget. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, and Duvall. I guess Duvall declined his option. I wouldn't mind bringing Duvall back. Um, Peterson's a matchup guy at this point in his career. I feel like he's going to play against righties. Not October is a great sell. Would love to have didn't him. Didn't have a really good World Series. Would love to have him. Rosario, obviously, in, in his, his uh, you know, recency bias, but you would say, well, Rosario's the guy you need to sign. Mm-hmm. I mean, because of the postseason he had. But he also had a really good, good year two years ago in Minnesota. So he is... I think of those, he'd be the guy that I'd maybe say, okay, here's a three-year, three yeah. $36 million, you know, whatever. You got Morton coming back. Hopefully Soroka can make a comeback. You got Freed. You got Anderson. Now you actually have starters, man, if you can stay healthy. Enoa's a very capable fifth. So, and you know what, TJ, but I was watching. And, like, so uh, we've talked about it before, how, like, you know, you have teams that you're a fan of. I mean, I'm a huge Florida State fan, obviously. Uh, I love the Jaguars. By God, what? The? <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> Out of nowhere. We'll get to that. Um, but like the Braves, man, have been my thing forever. You know, and I, I know it goes back. And that was the thing I was thinking about because, and look, man, I'm not against anybody, but it's like you see all these posts. Alex O'Quinn is kind of my go-to Braves texture. You know, I text you about the Jags and my buddy yeah. Bryce Lay. You and, got your go-to, yeah. And so Alex O'Quinn down at Brantford and I kind of text back and back and forth about the Braves, and um, and then I have another one with a couple other guys. And so, but then you know you get in the World Series and it's getting close, and everybody on Facebook is, oh, go Braves! Now they can't name a player on the nope. team. Nope. <laughs> and nothing wrong. Hey, happy to have you. Yeah. But when you think about it, you know, get your pearls, baby. Yeah. I mean, you think about like. <laughs> When I was growing up, or even now, for the most part, now we had, you know, the Marlins and Rays came along, but in the early 90s, up until 93, you think about the states of Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, North and South Carolina, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, all these teams, the closest professional baseball team to them is the Braves. Yeah. And so I feel like the whole Southeast, you know, that's kind of who you cheered for because you grew up with TBS and Skip, uh, Skip Carey and Pete Van Weeren and Joe Simpson and Don Sutton. Those were like, you know... I mean, I memorized the 91 Miracle Season video. So for this team now, you know, it's been a long time. And so I woke in the ninth inning, I woke up my little boy, and I was like, hey, you know, you know, it could be another 25 years for this. You better wake up and watch it because you never know when it's going to happen again. But, like, man, it was awesome. It was just uh, for this team to do it after everything that happened. And you got to have some luck and you got to have that kind of – you got to be hot at the right time. And they just hit every mark, you know. They had some things go their way, but everybody contributed. I mean, there wasn't like a guy that carried them. Rosario did through the mm-hmm. NLCS. But, I mean, everybody, you looked up and down the lineup, everybody played a part, and it was awesome. It was a really fun run. And of the sports, baseball always seems to have maybe somewhat of it in hockey where you can find like a, a hot goalkeeper, but I really yeah. don't know enough about hockey to speak more than just a, a cliche sentence of that. But baseball is a weird sport where – you don't see in basketball, for example, you have to play a series, but over time the best team ends up winning that right. series. More with baseball, it's, hey, if you get hot at the right time and ride that momentum through, you could have what you might call a, a quote-unquote weird champion. Right. And that's what a lot of people are calling this right now. But since the All-Star break, yeah, the Braves have been one of the different. hottest teams. Well, I mean, they were just injury-ravaged that's early it. in the year. So, I mean, yeah, and it's, you knew it was there. You knew it was in them. You've seen it the last three years, and the team hasn't changed um, you know, you've added some pieces, but it's not like you've lost this. And now you lose Ozuna at the beginning of the year. I mean, because of his own stupidity. But mm-hmm. you know, you lose Darno for three months. Soroka's out. Then you lose arguably one of the top three players in the game in Acuna. And I mean, you still find a way. So it was awesome. But I hadn't thought about it the way you you phrase it as far as 
anywhere in the deep south like we are in yeah. the states that that was it. if that you was had a, any kind of baseball rooting interest that was team, it man. and I, just the iconic hat with the a logo on it you know that's just a, a cultural icon for yeah. for any number of different regions of, of individuals and i saw something on facebook where it said this championship is for all you that grew up watching the braves baseball at your me and papa's <laughs> yeah. house and i was yeah. like that's it Man, that's what it's all every about. Every night. Because, I mean, you know, and kid, my kids can't, they don't know what a commercial is. They get baffled by when there's a commercial on. But, like, man, it was TBS. It was every night with those mm-hmm. guys. And, I mean, you know, and that's why I think a lot of people, I'm, people, I'm sure, cheer for the Cubs. Because the Cubs are on during the day. You come yeah. home from school and watch the Cubs. Well, I, and on I, talk, WGN, and so. I mean, I have no shame in saying that. I really don't have too much of a true rooting interest for baseball. There's a couple teams I, I like to see do good. And I somewhat have my own justification for like the Cubs. I watched a lot of Cubs just because it was on WGN, right? And during the summer months, That's before I was did. a lifeguard, there was nothing else on. So I mean, Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood, all yeah. those incredible—well, not all those incredible years. It wasn't too too long <laughs> of a run, but it was it was a really fun team that made some deep runs nonetheless. That was fun to watch and enjoy. The, the Dodgers, for the longest time, the Jacksonville Suns were the AA affiliate yep. for the Dodgers. So Matt Kemp, Clayton Kershaw, Russell Martin, a few of those guys, to n- just to name a couple of the superstars that were on that roster, they were all Jacksonville yeah, Suns players at one through. point in time. So to see them in the major leagues as a younger kid growing up, it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, I don't mind this team being good because I've seen these guys play. But sure. the Braves had some family in Atlanta, still have family in Atlanta that live really close to the stadium, like so close to the stadium that they can hear fireworks going off <laughs> whenever, whenever they had a good postseason run. And that's why I was really hoping they could close it out in game five, but didn't work out nonetheless. To see Astro fans sad after oh, yeah. what they've gotten away with well, yeah. and how they've just I continued to double down, for them. I loved it. I, I just want like, someone to give Freddie Freeman a trash can just to bang as he rounded <laughs> third base, hitting that home run right there. Because I mean, that was a nail in the coffin yeah, you knew it was. at that point in time. But Good for your Braves, and shout out to Hillary Cannon. She says we spend way too much time talking about this. Another thing that you did, What's talking that? bad about individuals maybe not getting the job done, flag football. <laughs> it's been a while since we talked, so we yeah. got to have a follow-up. You got oh, that, yeah. You got that surprise Oh, dub. yeah, we came out on top. Got yes. that surprise dub. Yeah, the last episode I said we were going to wear it because, I mean, it was – man, the five- and six-year-old Chiefs played that night, played – Really well, and went on a run, and ended up winning their last two. So we finished seven and one, baby. It was good. It was good. Yeah, we that was that was a barn burner, man. It was like <laughs> it was intense. I mean, the sidelines you could feel it. It was there was there was some energy with that game, and uh, ended up winning by a safety. We got a safety. Yeah. So we tied on touchdowns, but we had the safety. So uh, yeah, it was nice. And you know they don't they don't keep score, but you keep score. Oh, you definitely keep. No, score. there's no. I mean, when you and Kevin Green are the coaching staff, you keep a score. Kevin, well, gave me, what... Kevin gave me a nice breakdown of it at the business. <laughs> of the, he gave me a nice breakdown uh, at the business of the year lunch. He said one of your uh, your your son was one of the the best players he out there. A made, made a heck of a catch. He had a good game. He did. Lane Man had a good game that night. But like I tell our kids, you know, just how I feel, man. Society, or not society, but people sometimes are going to tell you there's something wrong with wanting to win. Like, oh, you care too much about winning. Man, there ain't nothing in the world wrong nope. with wanting to win. Nope. We got a jersey. That's what I tell We nope. got a jersey on. They got a jersey on. I don't care. You friends at school, but for the next hour, we getting after somebody's behind. And so, I don't know. I hope I hope a lot of folks teach their kids out, or teaching the kids in Swanee County that way, because you do, man. We want to bring these kids up. Now, not for the... Not to get off on a tangent, but you're not going to do that at the sake of development. We still we want to give the ball to a lot of kids, and it's a lot of fun. We want it to be fun. That's our big thing is you want it to be fun. You want them to want to come back. But at the same time, 
by God, we want to win too. We can do all that and still want to win. We want them to have fun. We want them to develop. We just don't want them smiling, hugging, taking pictures, exactly. and jersey swapping after losing exactly. by 20 points. Exactly. So, hey, that's all it is. But, yeah, man, good times at the Swanee Parks and Rec, getting ready to move into soccer season. God bless America. My favorite, soccer. Yeah. woo Yeah. But, anyways, moving into um, Swanee Sports, man, um, you know, we talk about some good stuff there, and so we haven't talked in the last games, but TJ, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just going to pose a hypothetical, well, not a hypothetical. I'm going to pose a question to you. If I'd have told you at the beginning of the year that Swanee Bulldogs finished 3-7, and seven, you'd have told me I'm what? Uh, looking at the wrong schedule. <laughs> exactly. I mean, not that we had a diff- uh, an easy schedule by a stretch no. of the imagination, but I would have said we're more likely to go 7-3 and three Absolutely. than 3-7. and seven. Me too, 100%. I, I wouldn't have – I wouldn't have thought. Well, not only going three and seven. If if you would have told me going into the season we went three and seven, I'd be like, okay, our offense clearly just didn't have enough we had firepower. Injuries, yes. Yeah, we we had some injuries. Malachi got hurt early in the season, and we couldn't do what we wanted to do. But man, you start looking at some of these box scores, giving up forty points to Ed White, thirty three to Bradford, thirty two to Hawthorne, twenty seven zero. You know, Madison County. These are good teams. Don't get me wrong, but. We had a stretch last year where we had, what, three or four consecutive shutouts against mm-hmm. very high-quality opponents, too. Yep. And you saw 41, 42 versus Baker, 31, and an overtime loss to Bishop Kinney. That's yep. just not going to get it done more times than not. And the offense always kind of felt like it was playing catch-up to what we were expecting out of this defense. We knew that going into the season. Unfortunately, really all sides of the ball let us down. Yeah. Braxton Green had a pretty consistent year as far as him – punting, kicking, doing kickoffs. We kind of had the upper hand consistently throughout the year, maybe other than the Bishop Kinney game, just because they actually had a kicker to match what Braxton was able to accomplish. Yeah. But, man, just if you would tell me going into this year, we were going 3-7, and I'd be like, no, there's no way. Man, I don't I don't really even know what to say about it. I mean, it um, it's obviously incredibly, incredibly disappointing. And I know – the, nobody's more disappointed than the coaches or players. I mean, I'm not trying to say that, but there's some, there is some definite. I hope there's some definite soul searching done by the returners this off season because, man, this just don't get it done. I mean, not in not in live oak. This does not get it done. Nope. And um, I don't know how else to say it other than you know I don't know what the issues were. You know, you can say okay, we lost. Jacquez. Okay, we did. And Jacquez was a dynamic player. But Jacquez wasn't a by himself. Was he a by himself five-win difference player? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you could say the schedule's harder. I think you can say that. I think but, that's fair. But not not to the point where games were not competitive. Right. Florida High was not a competitive game. Baker was not a competitive game. There was zero doubt from early on in the Madison, game who was going to win. Not a competitive and game. I'm going to be honest with you, man. Um, at the Baker County game uh, – in the first quarter, I watched us on defense, and I'll use a word that I didn't ever use last year, and we were soft. We had no desire to tackle. Baker County took the fight to us. I mean, they took the fight. We were, yes, we caught blocks, um, just let them block. It was just. Didn't try to fight to get off the block. Nope. Were hesitant to and come downhill to, to smack a guy in the mouth. And, and you can say that, that you know, us. well, there was nothing on the line anymore. There were, you know, we knew the playoffs. But who, I mean, at what point do you just say, man, it's, you know, this is just about what's inside me or what's not? And I just, I'm sorry. I don't believe that in one year's time, the same coaching staff that went eight and three last year forgot how to coach. They didn't forget no. how to coach. So to me, 
it comes from a lack of leadership amongst the players. It comes from a lack of desire and a lack of something, some intestinal fortitude that I hope somebody finds this offseason. And I hope I hope you're embarrassed because if you're not embarrassed and you're a player on that team, then you got then I question whether or not I'd want you out there because at the end of the day, man, I you got to hate losing a little bit more than you like winning. I mean, it's got one hundred percent. It's got to bother you. That's got to be what bit. fuels you. That's what's got to motivate. It's got to bother you a little bit. And I'm not saying this is across the board. I'm sure there's some guys it bothers greatly. I'm not saying that. But those guys better figure out a way to get the other guys on the same on the same level they are. Um, I don't know how many of them there are because I can't point out a bunch just watching from the stands. And again, I'm not there every day, and so. But I mean, I guess this is what people do. They have opinions, you know, and so. Watching the team, with my, from my opinion, we got a lot of work to do. We got to figure some things out on offense. We got to figure out uh, uh, at the quarterback position who we are, and, and we got to go to work. We got to figure out a lot, man. And so the other part of it was you didn't have a real good JV year. So who you got is who you got. And so we better figure it out. And this team, I still feel good about this team. I feel like there's talent. Now, there'll be a new schedule because the schedules kind of go every two years. So you got a chance to kind of readjust that if you got to get some, you know, some confidence early in the year. But we had that. I mean, we started out gangbusters. And then, you know, we went one one for our last seven. And that's against a very depleted Paxson team or very just untalented Paxson team. And so – I know this is all sounding very negative, but when you go three and seven, I don't know what you want me to tell you other than you know it's not it's not acceptable. Not in Swanee County, you you don't you can't go three and seven. You just can't. There's no excuse to go three and seven because we got we have there's talent there. There's talent, and so now to me, it's got to be more mental. It's got to be more just desire the desire to get better, the desire to listen to coach, the desire to have some leadership. And to get after somebody's behind and be physical and be a team that nobody wants to see on the schedule because we can't do this again. We got to no. get you. Got to turn this quickly because this kind of stuff permeates. And so winning cures a multitude of sins, but losing also permeates a program too, or can and can cause that division and can cause that cancer. So Coach Hall, the coaching staff, they got to jump on this quick this off season, and we got to get back to work in a hurry. And I think one thing, I totally agree with everything you had to say, and both you and I have said this multiple times on the podcast this year, we know the guy Andrew Brown is on and off that field. Yes. We know he's the first guy to rah-rah leadership, you know, put the team on my back. Coach, I'll handle this. I will lead by example, but I'll also be that vocal leader. And we have said multiple times this year, who was the guy outside of him that would step up and take that role? And... I'm on the sideline every Friday night. I'm in the locker rooms more times than not at halftime. There was nobody. Yeah. It, it just kind of ended up just being a question that was never answered or gave us the answer we don't want to hear, which was nobody. Mm-hmm. No one stepped up. There there was – I mean, and, I, and I, I, this is not at all trying to downgrade any of those kids. There just really wasn't much of a vocal leader. And now Andrew's gone. Yeah. He's a senior. He, I mean, there's a couple seniors that I want to talk about that have had great decorated careers at – the, the Bulldogs, and I wish them nothing but the best. If they go on to another level, I wouldn't be surprised, but they have really done well by Swanee these last four years, and I wish them nothing but the best, and I think they deserve our praise on their way out from, for this year. But that's the most concerning thing to me, mm-hmm. is you had Andrew Brown as that vocal leader, as that locker room rah-rah guy, and this still happened. Now he's gone. Yeah. Who takes any kind of ownership for this team? Well, I mean, it's not, and yeah, like you're saying, it's not personal. It's like, oh, they're calling out high school kids. No, we're not. We're calling. It's nothing personal. It's not personal to say, 
you know, if you if you're not talented enough, that's one thing, and that's what I tell kids here at the school all the time. If they're, you know, not doing what they should do in class, if you couldn't do it, it'd be one thing. If you were given maximum effort and you're Rudy and you're just five foot seven yeah. and it's just you're just limited, but you're giving maximum effort and you can see that on the Friday nights, that's one thing. But when there's talent there and it's just, you know, not getting it done. That's a different thing. And so it's nothing personal, man, when you say this. It's just a matter of almost a challenge. I don't know. And I don't know how many players listen to us, and I don't really care. It's just, you know, like you said, Andrew Brown, you know he's that dude. But who else on that team do you just know is that dude? Like I said earlier, on the offense, it needs to be the quarterback because the quarterback touches the ball every mm-hmm. play. He's the guy, the one guy, he's going to touch it every play. So he needs to have some of that in him. Does he have to be rah-rah? No, not necessarily. But you better outwork everybody, and you better have everybody on the same page. Mm-hmm. On defense, who is it usually? It's usually that middle linebacker. And so who's that going to be next year? Is it Jacob Dyer? That's you know, first choice, I think. That'd be of. who you think right off the bat. Is it Brandon Robinson? I don't know. But, you know, you got to find somebody. But when you look down the, the lineup, TJ, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of guys leaving, but there's a lot of guys coming back. Yeah. And so I hope those guys really, like I said, I'm beating a dead horse now. We got to get to work, and it's got to start right now. And there's—I don't know—not necessarily even just in the weight room. I mean, yeah, you can get stronger all you want, but man, we need some mental, oh, mental. Yeah. yeah, let's touch on that stuff. Yeah, when everything starts kind of going just a little sideways, we can't start flying fists everywhere and just and having ejections and having FHSA send us a letter every couple weeks mm-hmm. saying here's a suspension we're giving this player. Well, that's just what this it's, upcoming. It's week. what bad teams do. You know what I'm saying? And I get it. Football, you see it on Saturdays and you see it on Sundays. I get it. It's a frustrating game. But you got to control that stuff, man. You have to control that stuff. That kind of stuff can't happen. And that does. That's something that's on the coaches. Coaches got to get that straight. They got And I don't know how, but they got to get that straight. Yeah. That stuff can't happen. And to kind of spin it somewhat positively, you can say part of the reason why we don't have a very good JV team is because we have such a talented Everybody's group. Everybody's up. We have such varsity. a talented yes. group of sophomore class, specifically – they're already on the varsity right, roster, right. and we're relying on them a lot this year. Heck, even some last year, yes. we were relying on freshmen to make plays. So you see Jajaria Shera. Of course, we know Camden Fryer is one of them. Cody Lang really came on as a safety kind of more towards the end of the year. Yeah. You know, his, his quarterback play, his, his confidence seemed to go back and forth a little bit. But we don't have to hopefully worry about that because Tilson is a junior himself, so right. he's going to be coming back as well. But really, that 10th grade group, it's like Jacob Dyer as, yeah. as, as potentially that next guy on the defensive side of the ball that could be that leader. That is that middle linebacker like you talk about. That's part of the reason why we don't have a very good JV team is because we have to fill out the varsity roster with very talented kids. Yep. So the only thing that I really would say is, okay, JV, it is what it's going to be. There's nothing we can do about that. But we've talked about it with this middle school group. And we can't keep relying on freshmen to make impact plays. And sophomores can make impact plays on a varsity level. But you do see a good group coming through as that next wave that our bullpups currently right now. So by the time Camden Fryer, Jacob Dyer, and those group of individuals are seniors, mm-hmm. that, that next wave is going to be at that level where Camden Fryer is a true freshman last year, was making a bunch of impact plays yeah. for a senior-heavy team and a senior-heavy offense where you can rely on him. Can you keep relying on that over the course of time? I don't think so. No, and being here at the middle school, that guy's not here. Um, and that's not to say we've got a very talented eighth-grade group, don't get me wrong, but these guys need a year on JV. They need that year to learn the offense more because we're running a lot of the similar stuff over here, but still you need that time. It's very rare for a freshman to jump right in and just and do what Camden did last year 
And so, but like the names you mentioned, I mean, you you look at the roster and all the guys coming back. There's a ton of sophomores, man, a ton. Yeah. So, hey, like you said, the future's still very bright. But we've just number. I'll be honest with you. We got to schedule good. We got to get a, a good schedule. Um, and not I think say, we not do. To, not we, to say we you do that, but challenge. it's it's very difficult. Yeah, not to say you shouldn't challenge, but you have the ability to to do some things with scheduling. Hopefully that that lends yourself. Hopefully to some more success, especially early, um, to give yourself a chance to get off because I, I'm a big believer in if you get off to that good start and you get that confidence going, sometimes that, that tends to help you play above your head a little bit. You know what I mean? And so love to see that. But, I mean, like man, just looking down the roster, so much coming back, uh, especially with the sophomore class, the juniors. You know, you're going to have another chance next year to write this ship. You can rewrite this script, and I certainly hope we do. Yeah, and, and you look at the schedule this year, and in a nutshell, if you kind of break it down, you got your four district games, and then you got four games versus 1A opponent. That that just that sentence with no content at all, yeah. no context, kind of sounds like you got an easy schedule. Schedule. When you look at the three or four teams that it is, I mean, Madison County is going to represent yeah. 1A. Well, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised if Hawthorne is that opponent that they're yes, going up against. Yes. Bradford is going to put up a very good test for Hawthorne on their side of the bracket because I believe theirs has already the came out. The fact that Bradford's 1A, the fact that, well, outside of Hawthorne, the fact that either of those teams are 1A is kind of a joke to me, but that's a whole other conversation, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, my point nonetheless is take, take classification out of it. That's a good roster. That's a good oh, football yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. put Hawthorne, Bradford, Madison County in any classification in the state of Florida, in any state, yeah. and that more times than not is a team that's going to be competing for a, a potential championship, but definitely more, more times than not in a playoff spot. Right. It's just a, a tough year. I don't, and it happens. And, and like it you is. said, these coaches, I, I just feel like once it started snowballing, we just couldn't do anything to stem the tide. But that's just the mentality part that we talk yes. about. It's it's And we're talking about – 15, 16, 17-year-old kids that were relying on to be mentally strong enough to not let the outside noise have an impact on them. Yeah. And, I mean, it's all fun and games. Like, let's talk about, like, the Bulldog Bash. You know, there's always fun to nitpick at, at certain things and, and things that might be going wrong on the field or issues, but sometimes it might sting just a little bit too much. And mm -hmm. not highlighting the Bulldog Bash, but that's just the time, like, where the public sees – Hey, you know these kids are, are are ruthless. They they can pick at each other and they can have fun. Last year was all fun and games because we were a great team. Mm -hmm. So those little jabs here and there were okay. Mm -hmm. This year it's kind of like ooh, well maybe that one stings a little bit more. And not saying anything about the Bulldog Bash, I'm just saying that's the mentality of these kids that have to walk in these high school hallways every day and maybe have these comments being made to them where it's it's shaking their personality and their mentality a little bit more than maybe what. Other well, I'd take, I would take that as if you want to talk crap, I'm going to show you something. Exactly. But but that's the mentality that we need, that, right. we're find, that we want to find, that we yeah. need to strive for. I think, unfortunately, too many of these kids will say, oh, it's cool to not care, so you're going to throw something at me. I'm just going to say, eh, I don't care about this. I'm done with this. Okay, it, it doesn't turn in your me. stuff. Then turn your stuff in and go do something else. I, I, I agree. Go I'm work not, at yeah. Popeye's. they got lines out the door right now. You know what I mean? I, again. Gotta want you gotta hate to lose a little bit more than you want to win. In my, that's just how I feel. You know what I'm saying? So, hopefully it turns, man. But um, hey, is what it is, and uh, and we move on with life. 
Yeah, and I, and I again, like I said earlier, I think there's just a couple of kids that really are worth mentioning. Andrew Brown, we talked about him. Oh, absolutely. Just, just a phenomenal player. Malachi Graham gave everything and more that he had for this program these last four years, being a somewhat wildcat third-string emergency quarterback that we had to rely on this year when really it should have just been him focusing on getting as many carries as he can, getting as many touches as he can in open space. The, the selflessness he showed to try and just – maybe fix this team a little bit and just put way too much on his shoulders. Uh, you know, we really appreciate that. Garrison Beach, Terrell Atkinson, Beach didn't get a chance to play these last couple of games because of injury. Yeah, hated but, I mated that because that, he, yeah, he was really – he's a special real, guy. Real quiet yeah, kid, real guy. hard worker, and, uh, you know, he, he certainly deserves all the praise he can get. Atkinson kind of was one of those guys that yeah. when Malachi switched, he was the guy that – would kind of be the the Swiss Army knife, if you will. It's like, okay, well, if Malachi has to move here, then Atkinson needs to do this. Atkinson yeah. needs to do that. And it was hard for him to ever finally fit a role, find a role, because it was constantly developing and changing over the course of the year. Austin Smith had a great year last year. Yep. Didn't really have a, a, as much stats this year, but that's because, again, he was a selfless player, moved inside the defensive tackle from defensive end spot. Defensive tackle is a very – selfless position where you don't get very many stats get double teamed a lot and he is kind of one of the smaller guys when you do line him up at defensive tackle mm-hmm. compared to defensive end and i just really think a couple of those guys really deserve our recognition it's been fun to watch them over these last couple of years nonetheless didn't go out the way that i think any of them wanted to go out but it's certainly no fault of their own. They individually did as much as they could. Yeah, I really, um, like you said, man, that uh, that group, Terrell was somebody who I had an after-school program in fifth grade, and you could see it then that he was a guy who was super athletic. Andrew has just really had a great career. He, um, you know, he didn't start out in ninth grade as a guy who you're like, ooh, he's going to be a dude, but mm-hmm. he certainly turned into one. Um, Austin, man, can't say enough about Austin, what a great kid he is. And he is another one, like you said, he went inside this year, did what was best for the team. Uh, Braxton Thompson transferred over last year, really anchored that O-line. Uh, another good player. Another guy, man, who I was just always a huge fan of was Ricardo Garcia. And Ricardo didn't get a lot of time on the field, but he's just one of those dudes that's always there, man. Yeah. Always going to do what you ask him to do. Um, really good weightlifter. Probably go back to state this year in weightlifting, but was just – one of those glue guys. Definitely a high-energy guy on the sideline. Every, every program needs glue guys, and um, that's what he was, man. So, yeah, certainly appreciate those guys and all the seniors and their contributions. And I told him when I spoke to him at at, um, at breakfast, you know, somebody asked me or somebody said one time, you talk about all the time, what's the hardest thing to do in sports? Is it, you know, hit a 99-mile-an-hour fastball? Is it, you know, make a big putt when millions of people are watching? Whatever. And somebody's like, no, the hardest thing to do in sports is to go to football practice every day because it sucks. Going out there every day, it just sucks. You know, the games are great, but practice sucks. And so the the effort and the commitment to do that for four years, it it demands respect. You know what I'm saying? And so certainly respect the job these guys did and the effort they put in. And so, yeah, man, um, sad. You know, I know it's sad when you play your last game, and hopefully a couple of those guys get a chance to play somewhere at the next level and wish them all the best. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that can basically close our book this year on Swanee High School football. If any of these kids do end up going to the next level or getting some kind of scholarship offer, we will be sure to let you all know as soon as we can. But unfortunately, the Bulldog season comes to a close at 3-7. and seven. But let's not harp too much on the bad stuff, Hunter. we got a couple state qualifiers yes. to, to speak about. Last we spoke, it was right before regionals, I believe. We hadn't even got the results. Or no, did we have the results yet for regionals? 
for what for swimming. For swimming. For swimming. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, we knew. Well, yeah. we 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 didn't have for sure whether Peyton was going. Yeah. We thought we felt good about it, but we didn't know for sure. Yeah, so, so he did end up so, making. Yeah. It. So just in case, uh, he placed fourth in 50 freestyle at regionals, placed sixth in the hundred backstroke, and set his own personal record by over a second again. Just was an incredible swim on his behalf to really. If he doesn't break that record by as much as he does. I don't think he actually qualifies for state. So he does make it to state for both of his individual events, which is the most that you can swim at an individual meet. First state qualifier since 1999, a name that might be familiar with you, Nikki Boyle. Yeah, she was only the only Swanee athlete ever to qualify for state. So he is the first boy and only the second person of all time to qualify for state for swimming. Bowles has a little bit of uh, impact, (laughs) impact on that, but... Nonetheless, he went down to Stewart, Florida Thursday, got a chance to get him in the pool for a little bit, swim about 2,000, 3,000 yards just to get a feel for the pool, get an understanding of it. And Friday morning, he swam, got 24th in 50 freestyle and 22nd in 100 back. And just really proud of him. That was his senior year, so that was his final swim, regardless of what happened that day, yep. how good or how bad he swam. That was it. And really, at that point in time, it's it's kind of like we talked about with Freddie Freeman. It's what kind of legacy yeah. are you leaving? And you, you've set five individual records. You're a part of one team relay record. What What is your final impact? What is your final story? What is the, the last chapter of this book that you have wrote? over the course of actually he's been practicing with the team for seven years now of course you can only be a true swimmer for four of the years but he's been an exhibition swimmer during his middle school days where he practiced every single day with them after after school would go to the pool practice with the high school kids and from his freshman year on actually his freshman year is when he set the relay record and you just saw over the course of time this has been my first year as a head coach or as a coach nonetheless but you knew if you followed any little bit of swimming that we have you kind of knew Peyton Slaughter was, right. was the real deal, and every year he just kind of kept getting a little bit better. And this year, four of his five records he set. And, again, I'm just really proud of, of what he's been able to accomplish, making it as far as he did. There's That's no small feat. So 24th in the state for 50 freestyle and 22nd in 100 back. Yeah, he had a great career. He was, like I said, a guy who every year just got better and better. But he started off, I mean, even as a freshman, he, he had good swims and was putting up yeah. numbers. And so – yeah, congrats to Peyton, man. That's awesome to be the first one in 22 years to advance to state. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. And, and to be the first boy. And we just talked about it with the football team. If there is any chance of, of playing or going on and continuing their sport, he does want to potentially go to a small school in North Carolina. I forgot to ask him what the name of it was, but he and I spoke about that recently, that he did have a school in mind that, number one, had a swim team. Number two, had his desired education course that he's interested in pursuing. He's already spoke with the coach. Got to get him through the NCAA clearinghouse, which Hunter, mm-hmm. as a former collegiate athlete, we know that is absolutely no fun well, if, to go through. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you, if you think, if you're a parent listening and you think your kid may want to go do something, you need to start the NCAA clearinghouse process sophomore year. Oh, yes. Say it again. From the mountaintops. <laughs> I mean, by God. Like, you yes. have got to get that done. You think yeah. your kid, well, and, your, and your daughter, your give, son is any kind of talented – just go ahead I'll and give do it. Credit where credit's due. Listen, Tammy Boggess and Cindy Wiggins preach that at Swanee High School. So if you think maybe it's seventy five dollars to 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 yep. do it originally or initially, but it's gonna be worth it if you have to go or you gonna you get a chance to go play. So if sophomore year, go ahead and do it. Just just get that out of the way. Go ahead and yep. do that. And Frank Allen, the AD here, he he's a big help. 
with a lot of that as well. So if you guys have any questions, please go to your guidance counselor. Please go see Frank Allen. Just yeah, it's very important. You think you're any kind of good? It doesn't matter if you don't go through the clearinghouse. You can't yeah. be a division one. If you, you don't, if you don't go you can't play, be any kind of student athlete. If you don't go play, it costs you seventy five dollars. So hey, is what it is. But that's that's the wrap for swimming as well. He's he's done for the year, and we'll start back up in early August next year. We've got, lost a couple of swimmers this year. Of course, Peyton was one of them. A couple other guys have left the team as well. Very small girls team, and we actually retain all of them nonetheless. So we'll have mm -hmm. Lydia Warren as a senior coming up next year who will anchor that girls team. And hopefully a few of those freshmen and sophomores can talk about how much fun they had on this year's team and kind of recruit a little bit, get some girls out there to, to come out there and join us. Maybe they can recruit a couple guys to get out there and come join us. But if you're listening and you're interested in swimming, Find your boy. Find me, and Pro I will program set you note, up. Program note, when we say recruit, we mean from the halls of Swanee High School. We are not recruiting from other schools. You told Florida State to drop bags like Tennessee volunteers yeah, last they're, year. They're under yeah, they're under the NCAA yeah, yeah. and the FHSAA rules of, on recruiting are slightly I, different. I don't have any kind of money to drop bags for you, but I will recruit you in any kind of way That's right. to get you in that, in that pool. <laughs> That's right. Come out and swim, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Come out and swim. There will be we'll throw some uh, what some quarters to the bottom of the pool. You go down there and retrieve them. Yeah, yeah. It's like a wishing well. We'll call it a lung buster. That's all you we're gonna get, say. We're just gotta... hey, if you, they steal money from the wishing well, that's not our fault. No, it's no. <laughs> a bad reflection on our high school potentially. But you know, yeah, whatever yeah, the, is what it is. I can't stop them from doing that. Yeah, nobody's watching swim practice, right? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> oh man. Well, moving on. What else you got? And oh, I know what you got next. The cross country, man. Boys, Boys qualify for state. Hey. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I saw the video of it. So, did you see, obviously, awesome for Coach Bullock and the boys. They finish in eighth at regionals, which qualifies them for the state meet for the first time ever, yes. I believe. Yes. But, so we talked about it last year in cross country, how your score, you the, the lower the score, the better. And <laughs> so, if you, if you place first, you get one point, seconds, two points, so on and so forth. So... You know, Swanee finished in eighth, and I think we had 200-and-something points. Yeah, I don't remember what the total was. I remember the, the differential, though. Well, Bowles went one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's stupid. Yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Why are we running in the same regional? This is dumb. FHSA, get off your butts and figure out something to do with private schools who freaking major in this stuff. This is dumb. We have our best year ever, God bless us, with kids from Swanee County, Florida, who grew up here, and who and you've got some daggum jokers over there. They're, they're just oh, they're from the, oh, just happens to be the best yeah. seven runners in Jacksonville or on bowls. That's just how we – give me a break. Yeah, you know, I, we follow football religiously, but – we always know what the IMG Academy brings to the table. And yeah, it's we know, not high school. We, we know all those kids aren't really even Florida kids, but the numbers say that they're they're Florida D1 athletes whenever they go sign at Ohio State or wherever they end up going. That's bowls in a nutshell. And, you know, I actually, we said we closed the book on swimming. Let me tell you real quick. So you get a shirt every year. Well, you can buy a shirt. Of course, they're going to be like $45 because yes. it's state. Get you some. But, but it has every school listed in alphabetical order, and then it has the roster listed in alphabetical order. So they we swam – we, as in Swanee, in 2A, swam on Friday, where 1A was coming in the day after us, and they swam. So the shirts actually were 1A and 2A, and they were just split down the middle. So on the right-hand side was 2A, alphabetical order, there's everything. And then in the tiniest letter possible, you see Swanee, and then right below it, in even a tinier font, you could just barely read Peyton Slaughter if you have a good magnifying glass. <laughs> on the left-hand side of the shirt is 1A, 
again, in alphabetical order. So maybe there's one or two schools above it, but then there's bowls, and it takes up almost that <laughs> half of the shirt to get through all the names that qualified for state for them. They have made it 40 consecutive years as of this year now to state, maybe even 41, actually. I, I could be wrong about that, but 40 or 41 consecutive years going to swim state. That's ridiculous. We're talking about one kid finally making it for the first yeah. time since 1999, and great for him. He actually is a born and bred Swanee County individual. Great for Peyton. A lot of them kids for bowls can't quite say that they grew up in Duval County. No, and stupid. I thought about you whenever I looked at a shirt where it's like, okay, Swanee, tiny letter, Peyton Slaughter, even tiny letter, bowls, boom. Well, it's just, one we half should of the do shirt. it like Georgia and do a multiplier. So, like, if you're a one A private or if you're a private school and you. I mean, you think about it this way for football. So, if, so the way classifications are built is totally on population. So at Swanee High School, we have 1,100 and whatever students, right? And so that's where you fall. Boys, girls, doesn't matter. Well, if you've got an all-boys school for football and you have 700 kids, should you be in the same classification as the school with 700 kids who's co-ed? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Very you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, But like in Georgia, there's some kind of multiplier they do where if you have X number of kids and then – you're a private school, then if you multiply it by 1.5 or 2 or something, you got to play up to that classification. I, mean, I guess it makes too much sense for the state of Florida. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Florida's just a wild Well, not to mention in Georgia also they have 1A public and 1A private because, you know, whatever, man. Again, makes too tangent. much sense. We'll get off on that tangent later. Yeah, you, you can, you can do, you'll, I'll just give you a podcast where you just go, go, at, go at FHSAA. Yeah, I mean, and, and God bless them. I mean, you know, a lot of good people there, but some of their rules are stupid. And it's like they don't make any – it's like there's no effort to – I'm sure there's a grand reasoning behind it, but whatever. You said God bless it, but you really meant bless their heart, right? Something like that. Bless I don't know, heart. yeah. Whatever yeah. your grandmother would say when she really didn't mean what she was saying. When you had disappointed her and she just doesn't really want to tell you? That's bless right. Bless your heart? Yes, yeah. something like that. I got you. Anyways, yeah. So, also this week – um, Cross country, congratulations again, Coach Bullock and the boys. A lot of PRs, I think, for the girls. Even yes. I know they didn't they didn't qualify for state, but I heard on his video he said a lot of PRs um, for the girls team as well, and I think they bring back a lot next year. So so congratulations to both teams. When is their state meet? Do we know? I know it is in Tallahassee. That's right, uh, Appalachia. But, I, but, I'm, yep. but I'm not sure exactly yep. when. I'm sure, it it'll is. be the next. So we'll update you as soon as we hear. But that, that's that's going to be helpful because they've actually ran this course once already this year, from what I understand. Yep. And that's that's got to be beneficial. I mean, you know, for for lack of better terms, of course, a pool is 25 yards is a 25 yard pool. Yeah. A football stadium is 120 yards long. That's right. You really like. Oh, you <laughs> might have different planes here and there, depending upon how well. Yep. The the field is. Shout out to. Taylor County, and they're, <laughs> they're very hilly field. But, I mean, cross country, it's just, hey, put you out in the elements, whatever whatever this that's course right. may be. And Tallahassee that's how it has is. the hill. Baby. Yes, it, it has certainly the is. So, um, before we get into this week's interview, um, college, you want to talk college? You, you, you've no, been we, begging no, we, for it. We, no, we had a bye week. You had a bye week. No, we, we had a we week had, off. No, we had a bye week. No, and for anyone who doubts that we actually do have people that listen to our podcast, I had like six or seven people text me. And say, are you with that guy again that I always lose with? And the answer was yes. <laughs> yes. It was it was his wife's thirtieth birthday. Oh it's my Saturday. god! And so we have good, good. Keep going well, out with them. Yeah. So it was a uh, go out with them at uh, what is it, November twenty seventh. Yeah. No, I hope you're no, together. No, I'm not with him at all that day. <laughs> um, but it was supposed to be a seven thirty dinner, and I was like, Dad, gummit, man, that puts us 
30 minutes past kickoff, and that means I'm going to miss all of the game anyways. And we had to have a last-minute change where he texted me and said, hey, we got to change dinner plans. It's at 5.30 at a different restaurant. I was like, cool. Ooh, the blue-haired special, yeah. Sounds good. That's yeah. more of my yeah, style. Yeah, exactly. Right. So we, we have our dinner at 5.30. We get done, and I was jokingly saying, like, all right, well, about 6.45 – I, and as I was going to say it, he just cut me off. He goes, "We gotta leave. We gotta leave. We gotta go. We gotta separate from each other." Well, of course, unfortunately, we did not do that because our, our we are both married men, and our wives run the show, and we have no control over any yeah. of that anymore. So we continue to hang out, and next thing we know, it is a very lopsided score to a very bad South Carolina team. I don't know team. that it would have mattered. Yeah. No, that but, was crazy. But man. that so, like in the in the second, late in the second quarter, and early in the third quarter, I probably got legitimately six or seven texts from different individuals. Are you hanging out with that dude? What's going on? <laughs> and I showed him. I, I pulled my phone up and I said, "People are talking about you that don't even know you." He's uh, like, "How do people know this?" I'm like, "Number one podcast in Swanee County, right, baby. baby. That's right. Number one podcast. We got listeners, son. Listeners. Yeah. So yeah, I I heard about it. So I was um, it was my little boy's birthday this weekend, and um, so we did our annual you know camp out in the deer woods, and up there I don't have any service, so I listened to the Florida State game on the radio, so I knew what had happened there, and you know it is what it is. I mean we can talk about it more later, but it, incremental here the step forward, step back, whatever it is, what it is. If we beat Miami, that'd be great. But hey, we've been in almost every game except for Wake Forest. I will say that for us. Pointed in the right direction. I think we feel better about our three and six than you probably feel about your four and five. Yeah. As evidenced by the firing of today of your defensive coordinator yeah, that's and just the offensive line coach. But when I heard that yesterday morning, I was like, good God, what happened there? Yeah, and again, I didn't really get a chance to watch too much of it because we were out and about going to different places, and we were in very loud atmospheres that yeah. kind of just had TVs in the background on mute. But I don't really want to know what happened. <laughs> I, I just don't really care. Well, uh, you got the results you wanted. Grantham's bye-bye. Yeah, Hevesy, Grant, Were you Grantham surprised and, about Hevesy? Mm, yes, I will say a little surprised, but I'm very thankful. A lot of Florida Twitter and Swamp 24-7 message boards, their direct hate, I guess, for coaches goes 100% to those two guys. Yeah, Todd Grantham, more than anybody else, is public enemy number one. But Hevesy has definitely been a guy that – we feel has needed to be gone and he just he's a liability on the recruiting trail which a lot of these coaches unfortunately are liabilities on the recruiting trail Mm -hmm. and i think unfortunately that's too much of what's going on and i think that's going to continue to be an issue until you start putting more money in it until you start getting a little bit more guys like tim brewster to come join the coaching staff oh brewster oh former no baby and and make a difference i mean yeah he's the reason why dalvin cook went to florida state and not florida is he dalvin cook has said that before dalvin cook was committed to uf for the longest time i forgot about that. and at the very last minute he well we'll trade him out for dante fowler because we had him for a long time yeah i would have rather had cook than we win i mean (laughs) fowler was good don't get me wrong cook was better yeah and I just think too much of this coaching staff is a little laissez-faire attitude towards recruiting. I think they just don't seem to understand. Mullen has too much of that Mississippi State mindset still where, okay, if things don't quite go right, you're expected to have a down year maybe every now and then at Mississippi. You're supposed to develop three- and two-star guys and make the most of them. He's a weird dude, man. Weird dude. Yeah, and I mean, and I've been a Dan Mullen guy through thick and thin, and I've kind of defended him on this podcast or with friends, anywhere here and there. His arrogance, though, is just becoming a little too abrasive for me. Yeah, and I, I, I find it hard to keep sticking behind that. And I do think, hopefully, this is a step in the right direction as far as getting rid of these guys. 
historically he's not the easiest guy to get along with and i think that's part of maybe his loyalty to the coaching staff where maybe it is some self-awareness by dan mullen and saying i know i'm not a very easygoing guy i know yeah. i'm a difficult guy to get along with and these guys have rode with me through everything so i'm going to stick by them because i know i'm kind of hard to get along with yeah but Todd Grantham has never lasted anywhere longer than three years. This is his fourth season with Todd with well, with, with University. Jimbo's you know, kind with, of the with, same with, way. With Mullen. Yeah. Jimbo's kind of the same way, and kind of people felt like that guy him in trouble was a little bit too much, you know, loyalty or not wanting to fire guys or whatever, you know. Yeah. So I I hope this is Mullen maybe trying to change his ways more so than just firing these guys and and saving his job. Yeah. I hope this is, and I do think. Whether it's Mullen or if we end up finding a different coach potentially after maybe one more season like this, if it if it comes to that, I think if we have another season like we're currently going through, we will be seeing a coaching search this time next, next year. year. But Florida's got a lot of good things going for them. That that standalone football complex is very close to being done. That's going to, as far as the arms race of the SEC and trying to keep up with who's who. God bless you. That's that's going to be on par with the Alabamas, with the LSU's, with with what Clemson has in the ACC. We don't have a stupid slide like Clemson does, but as far as the facility itself, it's on par with all these other universities. And actually, I found a screenshot the other day, and I shared it with you. UF checks in between $1.2 and $1.3 million spent on recruiting. Kind of sounds like maybe we don't know a lot of numbers. That sounds like it might be a lot. That's 14th overall, 6th in the SEC, behind your beloved Florida State Seminoles, and Georgia spends nearly three times as much. Well, and I asked you, I wonder what – so you think about recruiting. Okay, so how could you spend that much more on recruiting? Like what – because, okay, you go on a visit, yeah. right? Yeah. And they, they take you out to dinner. You know, they show you around campus. Like, what else are we spending money yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Is that staff? Is that, you know, GAs or people in behind the scenes, like salaries? I don't know what goes into that. Yeah, and I mean, as part of some of these coaches' salary based upon the recruiting, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. We do know that Kirby takes that stupid yellow helicopter, you know, to go to the bathroom yeah. when he's on the campus. So, I mean, I, he flew it from Atlanta well, he needs to, to not, Live Oak he to get to, Braun and yeah. wine and dine him. And it kind of worked for a little while until Pittman decided to leave. Yeah. So we, we know that the, there's certain bells and whistles that Georgia presents. And you're right. It's a very fair question. How much of that money, how is that money being spent? Where could I guess it maybe the, be uh, spent? the helicopter other? probably. He needs to keep it away from Collins Hill High School and my man Travis Hunter. He's coming to Florida State by God. He's he's uh he's get sniffing, out of here he's sniffing around all of the Florida programs in way. shambles get right now. Way. He's gonna end up with a couple of our guys that just recently decommitted. I love that Miami's winning some games. I want Manny to stick around. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. Don't we have a Florida Florida State basketball Sunday? We do. As Coach Shashevsky would say basketball. Basketball, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a weird time of year to think about. Oh yeah, basketball's right around the corner. That's right. Because it's this no, Sunday, right? Because, yeah, because normally I'm I'm happy during football season, and then Mike White and and them boys come out, and it's never fun. And then I'm like, how close are we to baseball season? Yeah, but you kind of do. I mean, what is it? Six years in a row now? Seven years in a row for for um, basketball? Against no, no, we've had Gators? we've had we've had bye weeks. Like you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Florida State lost a lot, man, so we'll see. But we brought a lot in. So yeah, Florida doesn't have anything. We'll anyways. talk more about that next yeah. week. But speaking of basketball, that kind of, hey, nice little transition there, TJ. Uh, this week's interview is with the new head boys basketball coach at Swanee High School, Coach Shane Mumford. And so we'll dig into that interview right now. Please be joined on this week's interview for the Sons of Swanee Sportscast by the new head boys basketball coach at Swanee High School, Coach Shane Mumford. Coach, thank you for being with us today. Oh, glad to be here. So just to jump right in, Coach, you know, this I know this is uh, something that's come about pretty recently. I guess in a perfect world, you know, you'd have a, a off season to prepare for a new year with a new team. But for you, this kind of happened uh, rapidly a, a little while ago. So I guess talk to us a little bit to start. Just how's everything going so far? Everything is okay. Um, it's very different. I mean, I'm, a, I'm originally from Miami and worked with a lot of travel teams, have my own travel program and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going okay. You know, it's definitely going to be an interesting season. We're small this year. Um, so, you know, we're trying to be as fast as possible and we're trying to have kids that can last as long as possible in those games that we're not having to pull them out, you know, every three minutes or so, you know, but being able to have to just kind of run and gun on these other teams and stuff. So it's going to be an interesting season because we are changing a lot of things, you know, um, and we're just trying to do it uh, as smoothly as possible. Well, Coach, you touched on a little bit. Can you maybe just give us a little bit more of a background for what got you this far, what your experience is, just kind of run through your resume for those who may not know a little bit about who you are. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm originally from Miami. I was born and raised there. And, um, you know, while I was there, I coached for about 24 years. So started coaching when I was 18 with like five-year-olds and six-year-olds and kind of worked my way up. And I've coached middle school, high school, JV, varsity, all of them, and had my own travel program. So, you know, having my own travel program, that, that was something I really enjoyed. You know, it started because of my brother. And it just kind of flew from there. And, um, I mean, we've got several championships for travel ball. We got a few championships with high school, things like that. So, you know, just um, it's been, you know, it's it's my passion, basically. You know, doing it for this long um, has been really just a passion of mine, just coaching and, and learning as much as I can along the way. And I've had some great mentors and other coaches and, and stuff like that so you know they've helped me with everything absolutely well, coach you mentioned that um, this year you're going to kind of have a run and gun style is that normally what you would want to do or, or do you kind of try to fit your philosophy around your players or do you have something that you'd really like to say hey this is who we are um, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of small teams, you know, I mean, over the years I've had teams where my tallest player was six one, you know, so, um, it's definitely not something that's new to me. How uh, that running gun style has been, uh, something that we've just, uh, I've, I've always liked. Um, it definitely ha is like an entertaining, you know, way to watch basketball when you see just this fast breaks and things like that. But, you know, we also know how to slow down the ball if we have to. So I kind of work with, with what I have and and go from there. But, you know, at the same time, I need them to kind of understand, like, our philosophy and what we are trying to accomplish, you know, in it. 
Coach, I guess kind of run through our, the roster this year. What can we expect from a couple guys? And I know this team is, is new to you across the board, but maybe once you got here and got a chance to see our guys practice, who was somebody that kind of surprised you with their athleticism or, or a hidden talent that maybe you didn't see at first? Um, I mean, the varsity is kind of what I expected. Um, seeing a few things, um, there are some kids that have really – stood out during conditioning and things like that. So, you know, uh, Jabari is one of them, um, Dooley as well. Both of them, I mean, just their their willingness to, to show up and and be aggressive and go out and do what is asked. Uh, I love that about, you know, about those guys. And, um, and so those are two that have really stuck out. Um... The rest, I mean, there, there's talent there. We're just trying to get the cohesiveness. We're trying to get them to, to realize it's not about them. You know, it's about this team. And so that, that really, to me, is, is the biggest thing. As far as just surprising, I think we have two kids on JV that have really, I mean, from the first time I saw them play, just, you know, really stuck out. And I was like, man, I can't wait to get these guys up in varsity. And that's... Um, Amari and Quez. I mean, just two great kids who great attitudes, coachable kids, fast, which is something, you know, again, that's what we're doing, a running gun. So, you know, having those kids who are fast is definitely um, huge for us. And just the coachability. I mean, I think that's huge, too. I just want I want coachable kids. Absolutely. Well, Coach, you mentioned a, uh, a few of the guys, and um, this was a, a senior-laden team last year, and so you're going to be breaking in a lot of new players. And so along with you, who is who is joining you on the coaching staff this year to help you out? Uh, I have brought in a JV coach, Jonah Carson. Uh, so he's really the only one that I brought in. Uh, he's very new to coaching, but he did play uh, five years uh, in throughout middle school and high school and played over at Westwood, so he's local. So that's a good thing, and he's really the only one I've brought on. Coach, with this kind of being a new area for you, how difficult was it to try to put a schedule together? What, what Did you kind of lean on anybody to help put a schedule together? What kind of went into making that happen this year? Uh, yeah, definitely having to lean on even a few of the kids. Orlando has really helped me um, just – his knowledge and, and kind of knowing some of those things. Frank Allen has been a huge help, really has, you know, talking to him about schedule because not only am I coming in new, but we're also in a new district, you know, so games that we had scheduled, well, I mean, we still have them scheduled and stuff, but it's just kind of the, the issue of, you know, trying to get these new, these, uh, this new district in and, I think we only were able to get like two or three of those teams in from the new district. So, you know, that's about it. But, yeah, I mean, I've had a few – I've had a few um, a few people help along the way as well. You know, this uh, Mr. James as well has helped. And, you know, I'm just – I'm grateful really for the people who have helped. Absolutely. Well, Coach, we um, we certainly appreciate you joining us today. We certainly wish you the best of luck as you get this year going. And um, when do y'all? When is y'all's first game? When the when can the folks come out and see this year's version of the dogs? Uh, well, our first game is November thirtieth, but it's going to be out. It's going to be out West Nassau, 
over there in Jacksonville. And then we have a couple home, a uh, couple away games, and then a home game. So might be a little while, but um, you know we definitely are excited about the new season. Well, thanks again, Coach. We appreciate you joining us. This is Coach Shane Mumford that's joined us today. And, Coach, uh, best of luck this year. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you, Coach Mumford, for joining us. And, um, TJ, you know, he had mentioned a couple names in the interview, so I went back and looked at last year's roster, and I, I guess I didn't realize how much we, we really lost last year. I mean, you think about the names we talked about last year for basketball. Well, we talked a lot about, uh, you know, A.J. Brown. We talked about Wesley Jones. We talked about Brian Fury. Talked about Quez, you know, all those guys are gone. And so um, it really was a senior-laden team. You know, Jay Campbell had torn his ACL last year, so he didn't get to, to finish, but he was another senior who would have been mm-hmm. a, a key contributor. And so, yeah, it's going to kind of be a new-look dog team this year. Yeah, you talk about Wesley Jones and Brian Fury and a couple of these other guys. That's where your height went. Yeah. That's why you guys have small guys running gun, maybe four guards on the floor at any given time and, and just hope for the best. But, yeah, you're right. You, you talk about this is going to be a new batch. Really, I mean, you could have a guy that's been in Swanee County his entire life, and this could be his first year coaching. Or a, like Coach Mumford, a, a guy from Miami. It really wouldn't make much difference because yeah. this group is entirely new, very green for the varsity level, and inexperienced, to say the least. Yeah. So. Well, I know we were Coach Mumford the best. We were both fans, big fans of Coach Pollock and the culture he was building there. And so, hopefully, Coach Mumford can continue that on. And it uh, sounds like the style is going to be a little bit different out of necessity. And so, uh, coming up here in a couple of weeks, we'll get to see the dogs. And I'm sure pretty soon we'll talk to Coach Kevin Lewis about the girls' program and what they're looking at this year. They're coming off a, a good year, a really good year. Yeah. Um, and so, hopefully, they can build upon that. And so, um, man, we're in it now. Basketball season. We, I'm headed over to Swanee Middle School basketball. This afternoon, here in about thirty minutes, and so we're, we're rocking and some, rolling. We're getting some cooler weather, so That's that right. means we're starting to have our indoor sports. The old neck starting, kind of, neck starting to swell. And uh, other, other than soccer, we got soccer coming up. That's a very cool. Sport. I texted last week. I texted a couple friends of the program and told them freezing winds and rain. It must be soccer season. That's right. Well, but we've kept you long enough today, and so thank you for joining us. And until next week, go, go dogs. dogs.